Well, greetings. Um, I hope you've been blessed by uh, the music from Mike Jude and Lament from, from Jenny. Uh, my name is Jay O'Brien, and, and I have the privilege of, of bringing a message this morning from Luke chapter 4, and so I want to invite you to open your Bibles there. Luke chapter 4, you can use a smart device or a hard copy Bible. And, uh, and as you're turning, you know, whatever time you find this in, whether you're watching this in the morning, afternoon, or evening, or whatever, wherever place you are, all of us are experiencing an incredible amount of disruption in our life. You might be someone, and the disruption in your life is merely trying to keep yourself from going stir-crazy, being stuck in your house. Or maybe you are dealing with the implications of losing your job and the financial reality that that might bring in your life. Or maybe the disruption you're dealing with is medical circumstances. For you or medical circumstances for someone you love, you know, wherever you find yourself, we're all experiencing drastic change and disruption. And disruption always, it, it both it both disrupts our life and changes the trajectory of our future and disruptions and changes reveal something about us. They reveal who we're looking to and what we're trusting in for protection and security and direction. One pastor put it well in getting us to kind of surface uh, how you can really learn what someone's about. You know, we all would say, we would all speak and give the right answers to some of the questions that people might present us with. If someone said, you know, should we, should we give to those in need? You know, a lot of us would respond with yes. You know, there's often kind of rogue responses that we all claim to have, but there are certain behaviors that reveal the real heart of what we're about. And so how would you complete this, this particular answer? You can learn a lot about a person by blank. I turned to Google for an answer, type that in. You can learn a lot about a person by, and there was a lot of answers. <laughs> a lot of read it forums and uh, web articles answering that question. There's a few kind of overlapping responses that, that kept coming up. You can learn a lot about a person by what they wear. That was one. You know, you can, you know, learn about their sense of fashion. Uh, Forrest Gump said you can learn a lot about a person by the shoes that they wear, the where they've been, where they're going. You know, there's some truth to that. You can learn a lot, of, learn a lot about a person by what they wear. You can learn a lot about a person by how they drive, how they drive, you know? Is this a honker or a non-honker? My wife, Megan, she enjoys the horn. I, I don't know what it says about her, but I think it says something. I, I never wanna use the horn. I only hit it on accident, which might tell you something about what that reveals about my life by how I drive, but I hate the horn. Uh, you can learn a lot about a person by how they treat things, how they treat animals, how they treat servers at a restaurant, how they treat their mother was a common one. 
You learn a lot about a person by how they treat their mom. You can learn a lot about a person by the company that they keep. Another one that was universal was you can learn a lot about a person by how they respond to situations that don't go according to their plan. How people respond to pain, how people respond to disruption. It teaches a lot. And there are different ways that we're responding to the present disruptions in our life today because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We see a number of different responses. There are some people who are responding by denying that it's a big deal. If we just deny it or minimize it, you know, I mean, some people are, are claiming this is just like the seasonal flu. What's the big deal? You know, there can be a temptation to deny the true nature of a particular situation. Other people might respond by almost the opposite, and it's like inflaming the situation and responding in such a way that the anxiety drives them to solely self-protect. So we've seen the pictures in the grocery store of toilet paper being gone and people fighting over paper towels and canned goods and this, this human tendency in pain and disruption to just self-protect. Others, unfortunately, respond to pain by exploiting it for personal gain. And so there's some who have gone and bought all the hand sanitizer and trying to, trying to sell it for profit and jacking up the price. Some people will stoke fear for personal gain. There are different responses to pain and disruption in life. How does Jesus respond to a painful situation? We've been looking at Luke chapter 4. And in Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus in his preparation for his ministry. God leads him into a wilderness. God leads him into a whole season of 40 days of disruption. 40 days of pain and, and hunger and trial. And, and Jesus shows us something. Where we learn why we can trust him when we experience pain. And one of the reasons we looked at last week was that because he's, he's wise. Jesus, he's, he's willing to be led. He's discerning. He's not a fool. And he, and he applies what he knows. And this week, we look at how Jesus responds to his particular hunger. And it reveals something very powerful about, about him and why we can trust him. In the text, it says, again, that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he fasts, he refrains from, from eating for a long period of time, and it says that he was hungry. Now, that's fascinating, because I think for you or for me, I mean, we would, of course, be hungry, but Jesus is the Son of God, that God became hungry. Hungry. And now, interestingly, Satan shows up and he, he gives three tests. And the first one, he says, if you are the son of God, you, you like that if, like, Jesus, I want you to prove it. Prove your power. If you are the son of God, command the bread to be turned to stone. Satan shows up. Look, you're hungry. Now, if you're God's son, use that power Use that privilege to turn this bread, turn this stone into bread. Now, 
we know that Jesus has the power to do this. I mean, just a few chapters later in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is going to take a few pieces of bread and fish and multiply to feed thousands of people. Thousands of people who are hungry. Jesus has the power to feed miraculously. And yet, here he is alone. He has the power to turn stone into bread, and yet he doesn't. Why? Why does he refrain? We learn here one of the reasons that that Jesus is wanting to show that he doesn't use power and he doesn't use his privilege as the Son of God for personal protection and just merely solely personal gain. Jesus is wanting to show that he's willing to enter in and to experience hunger. That Jesus is willing to experience weariness. He gets tired and he needs death. Jesus is willing to experience physical pain and abandonment. Jesus is willing to experience and go through pain on the cross. Not to protect himself, but he's willing to give of himself for the flourishing of all. Jesus uses his power and his privilege not to protect himself, but to care and minister to others. And so we can trust him. Because Jesus is willing to enter into the pain so that we can find wholeness and life. Now, we could end there and say, good news, Jesus enters into the pain. He's willing to go hungry so that you can be full. But there's more to it. You see, because Jesus invites us into the story. Jesus places us in a wilderness situation. And what can we learn from how Jesus responds and then translate it into life today? And so I want to show, I want to call us to a few things this morning, a few ways that we can be led by Jesus in our wilderness situation. What can we learn? First is that when we follow Jesus, Jesus always, he always invites us to live in the world as it is. Jesus has placed us to live in the world as it is. He doesn't, he doesn't send us and call us to live in some contrived, false, fantasy world. Jesus lives and ministers in the world as it is. On another occasion, he says, blessed are those who mourn. Later in Luke, he will say, blessed are the poor. Jesus acknowledges the pain of lack, the pain of life and grief and lament and sorrow. It's part of his experience. He does not want us to deny the pains of life. Again, Jesus' response when confronted, when tested by Satan, Satan says, turn this stone into bread. Jesus does not do it. And he also, it's interesting, Jesus doesn't respond to Satan by saying, who needs bread? I'm not hungry. What is bread? I'm Jesus. I'm, I'm the son of God. I'm above these human emotions and wants. He doesn't respond that. He doesn't respond that way. And the writers in the New Testament don't present him as responding that way. They don't conceive of God as being just 
above hunger. No, it says that Jesus was starving. Jesus acknowledges the hunger, but he still refrains. Jesus always invites us to live in the world as it is. Megan and I, in our home, we, we have a uh, almost four-month-old, and, and having a young baby again, you know, it, it, it's been hard. <laughs> Just want to acknowledge that and, and, and be honest about that reality. There, Megan especially is dealing with a lot less sleep, and so, you know, that's challenging. And there's implications of that in, in responses, and, and it's an adjustment. But there's also these sweet moments now where, where our, our baby, he's beginning to, to almost laugh, not quite there yet, almost, and smiles a ton, and he loves to play peekaboo. It's like if you cover his eyes or even cover your own face and you just pop out like peekaboo. Now, you don't see adults playing peekaboo. It doesn't work because as adults, we know that you can't just like cover your eyes and then remove hands and then like, boom, you know, like, but as a kid, you can still do that. As a kid, you think if I just close my eyes, if I just cover my ears, then the, the, the problem will go away. But, you know, even though as adults, we don't, we might not play peekaboo, we might not cover our ears when there's something we don't like, we're still, we're still tempted to do the same thing. You know, you may, in light of all this rain, be going down into your basement and you hear a drip of water. You hear it, oh no, a drip of water. You might glance down the basement and there's some water on the floor. And, and you, you want in that moment to just, I'm just going to walk back up and just pretend I didn't see that. Pretend I didn't hear it. If I just don't look, don't hear then it'll go away. But we know that's not how it works. Problems and pains don't fix themselves. Jesus invites us to live in the world as it is, but, but then it takes another step that Jesus doesn't just call us to acknowledge the pains, but he also brings us to a place of being able to address the personal pain in our life. You know, it's easy for many of us to, to operate by acknowledging the pains in life, in other people's stories, and then thinking we're just here to minister to others. As if we're just a tool of God or a cog in God's machine to care for everybody else. You know, I have a question that I'd like you to, to consider, and it's when you think of Jesus feeding the thousands. Do you ever conceive of yourself as someone who's being fed? When you think of Jesus healing the sick, healing the blind, are the sick and blind always someone else? Do you ever see yourself as the one being ministered to? It's tempting in our Western experience to think that we're always the one in a position of power and privilege giving to those who don't. But friends, no. Jesus says, blessed are the poor because he's acknowledging that there is a blessing, there is a 
requirement for us to come to terms that before an almighty God, all of us are spiritual beggars. We are all in need, no matter our bank account, no matter if we're healthy now or will one day deal with the reality of our prognosis in the future, whether we lose our job now or it's in the future, all of us will be brought to a place where we are beggars, we are in need. Are we open to God to minister to the wounds in our life and in our story? You know, if we don't minister, if we merely skip on to try to do things for others, if we merely think of joining God in His work of other people, and we don't see the way that God wants to minister here, we will be like the person who looks down in the basement, hears the sound, sees the water, goes down, cleans it up, paints over the mold, and then leaves, but isn't about the real work of fixing the underlying issue. And when underlying issues are not addressed, they will lead to further problems. In fact, the problem is just complicated. And so, friends, if we're not willing to be on the road of recovery, if we're not will willing to open ourselves up to the healing God wants to bring, then we won't really be able to help others. We won't be able to bring healing. We will perpetuate the pains. Are you willing to both acknowledge the pain in your story and be open to the ways that God wants to heal you, that God wants to work. Are we merely doing things for others, or are we on the road to recovery ourselves? And lastly, having acknowledged that Jesus, Jesus invites us to acknowledge the reality of life, the pains of life, and then that we invite him into our life to, to bring healing. Now we join Jesus on the work of caring for others. Rather than using fear and pain to exploit people for our personal gain, we're willing to use our privilege and our power to care and protect others. Just like Jesus refrains from turning the stone into bread for himself, we are able to refrain from using our privilege and our power for self-promotion and self-preservation and exploitation of others, and we can use it for the flourishing of all. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible is in Acts chapter 5. Interestingly, the Gospel of Luke is written by Luke, and it's about the story of Jesus. And then it continues in Acts, and it's the story of the church. It's the story of the first followers of Jesus and how they continued the Jesus story. And we have this situation in Acts chapter 5 where these followers of Jesus, they had been telling people about Jesus, and then they were arrested by the religious authorities. They were arrested and beaten. And commanded by these people, by these people of power, to not tell anyone else about Jesus and to go. And, and it's interesting their response in Acts chapter 5, because they respond not by, you know, 
and in self-pity and fear, but they respond. It's amazing. They respond by saying they counted it a privilege to be worthy of enduring persecution for Jesus. That when they were met with this particular uh, wilderness experience, when they were met with this pain, when they were met with this disruption, because they're excited to tell people about Jesus, and in their plan, they did not contrive that they would be experiencing persecution, and yet here it was before them. When the disruption came, they counted it a privilege that they would be worthy to endure this hardship for the opportunity to help other people flourish. Friends, I don't think that this means we minimize pain. I don't think it means that when we experience persecution or hunger like Jesus, that we, we respond with just pithy religious words. But I do think there's something to receiving the present moment that we've been entrusted with. That God is calling us like he did in the early church then and has been doing for centuries. That God is entrusting us with the work of entering into our present pandemic, our present pain, with the good news of Jesus. That we don't just talk about Jesus, but we enter in modeling the God who enters into the world for the flourishing and protection and healing and comfort of others. The Apostle Paul, one of the persecutors of these early Christians, himself would meet Jesus and would be willing to endure persecution, the same persecution that he was inflicting on others, he would grow to, to endure himself. And he had these powerful words. He says, may the God of comfort comfort us in all our affliction. I love that, all our affliction, the small and the great, that we may be other, that we may be able to comfort others in their affliction. God has placed us here in this moment, this moment of massive worldly disruption to enter in, to acknowledge the pain, to get real with how God wants to work in our life, and then to have the courage care and help and comfort others. Friends, you can tell a lot about a person by blank. What are we revealing about God with how we're entering in to our present pain? Will you pray with me? Father, Thank you for being a God of comfort. Lord, it's so tempting to, to run away from the pain. And God, maybe...
the present distressing situation are surfacing other pains in our story in our life and they're they're causing us to need to deal with some of this and lord it's hard grant us the courage to enter in help us to be open to others and invite others into our story that we might find wholeness Thank you for being a God who's tender, who doesn't knock in, but you stand at the door and knock. May we open it and invite you into our life that we can experience healing and so that we can more faithfully help others to find healing in their journey. Lord, may this gospel truth enter our mind, dig deep roots in our heart, and be extended in our hands. Amen. Well, those of you who consider Scarlet City Church your home, I want to remind you again of, of some of the resources and ways we want to minister to you in the coming days and weeks. Though we cannot gather in person, ministry doesn't end. Uh, Pastor Mike is going to be offering a, uh, some practices uh, on, uh, on our YouTube channel that you, I'd love for you to tune into, some um, contemplative practices of experiencing ourselves, opening ourselves up to monastic traditions. Pastor Jacob is going to be uh, sending out information for your kids and, and uh, ways for your children to be growing and engaging God in this season. And I also am going to be opening up a time where uh, for questions and discussing some of the, some of the relevant issues and, and how they relate to us on Thursdays. Uh, beginning this week. Will you receive this benediction as we go? From the passage that was just referenced, 2 Corinthians, receive this benediction. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we may be able to comfort those who, who those experiencing any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God bless you. Go in peace.